Please turn with me to um, the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 7. Ecclesiastes, chapter 7, beginning in verse 15. Go th- we'll read through verses 29. Look at what he's saying. He said, look, you don't need to die before your time. My Calvinist friends, listen to that who believe that you're going to live, you know, that everybody has a time that they're going to die and you're going to live to that time. He said, you're going to die before your time. What he's saying is this. If you have total disregard to the law of God, you'll die before your time. Will drugs burn you out? You bet they will. Is there a sin that is unto death? You bet there is. When a person who sins and keeps on sinning, John says he dies before his time. Now verse 18 gives us the balance. He says, hold on to one, but don't turn loose of the other. Hold on to this piety over here, this this godliness and righteousness over here, but don't turn loose of your humanity over here. I mean, fall in love with the Lord, but don't lose touch with us. I mean... Engage in dialogue with the Word, but don't make the the Bible your idol. I mean, make Christ known to all men, but for God's sake, give us a break. I mean, don't cram it down our throat every day. That's the balance. Wisdom gives us that balance. But wisdom gives us strength, he said in verse 20. Now that strength has three implications. First of all, he says, indeed... There's not a righteous man on earth who continually does good and who never sins. The first strength is this. Watch this. It's strength to accept painful tension. Now, if there was any perfectionist here tonight, that's a painful tension. That there's nobody on earth that is perfectly righteous and never does anything wrong. That's, That's a pretty powerful tension for a perfectionist for some of us who have to ever have have everything black and white wisdom is the strength to accept that tension to understand that you're not perfect I mean you know accept that that there's always room for growth and you can grow when I first started out pastoring a little church running 12 in Sunday school, 19 years old. I, I, I thought there were a couple of things I didn't know, but most of the things I knew. And I was thinking to myself, when I get old, 30, I'll know everything. And I got 30, and I flew by 30, just passed that sucker up and headed for 40. And the older I got, the more I discovered how little I know. And I thought I knew all the answers. And the older I got and the more I, I pastored and the more I moved among people with pain and suffering and heartache, the more answers I realized I didn't have. I came to a, to a grinding conclusion when I was about 40 that there's some things you and I will never know. There are some things that are not black and white. And there are some things we'll never do. And it is true that we'll never have everything perfect. But isn't it wonderful that perfection is not the prerequisite for God using us? Isn't that great news? 
that perfection is really the end of the process of God's dealing with us rather than the beginning or the middle of it. That God moves us toward perfection, but He begins with us where we are. Wisdom helps us to see, gives us the strength to accept the fact that we are in this struggle and this pilgrimage to become, but we haven't already arrived. Secondly, it's the strength to restrain yourself from gullibility. Look at verse 21. Also, do not take seriously all words which are spoken. You've heard the lines, haven't you? Honey, you're the girl of my dreams. I mean, I've been looking for you all my life. I love you so much. Let's head out here to this back road here. She's thinking, am I really as wonderful as he said? You've, heard the, you've read the press releases, haven't you? You've heard the, you've heard the things. You, you can't believe all you hear. Restrain from gullibility. You're not as great as some people may tell you you are. Quite a shock. When somebody reminds you, you know, that you're not as good as you. That leads us to the third strength. It's the strength to resist criticism. Look at verse 21. B. He says, Lest you hear your servant cursing you. Now, a servant is somebody who knows you well. I'm talking about maybe an employer or an employee, some boss or some alleged close friend. He said, Don't, you know, wisdom is the strength that enables you to accept criticism and not be harassed by it. There's some folks who don't like you, you see. And there are some people who are living a life that is absolutely intimidated by criticism and the rejection of other people. Wisdom helps you see that gives you strength to accept that. My father used to say, when a mule kicks you, just consider the source. George Whitfield one day was was criticized by a man, and George Whitsfield's response was this. I think it's a pretty good response. I thank you heartily. May God reward you for watching over my soul. As for my critic, I know worse things about me than they say about me. Let me tell you something. When somebody criticizes you, you just say to yourself, I know a lot worse than that <laughs> about me. And isn't it wonderful that he didn't say all of this other stuff, you know, that I know about me, about me. Wisdom is the strength to let criticism just fall, you know, like water off a duck's back. Now, sometimes my wife will say to me, you know, when I, I'll come home and I'll kind of chuckle about somebody ripped me, you know. I'll just, you know, I'll come home and I'll kind of chuckle about that. Hey, and she'll say, man, I'm, you know, what? <laughs> I'm so proud of you, she'll say. I mean, there was a time when somebody say the least bit of criticism. I mean, I'd just be wiped out for a month, you know. Wisdom gives you the ability to accept the criticism of others and let it run off like water on a duck's back. Sorry about that, folks. Doesn't do any good. Wisdom finally gives insight. Now there's a marvelous little 
thing unfolds here. Insight. Look at verses 23 and 24. This is the insight. Watch this. Wisdom gives us insight. That is, that we cannot understand ourselves or make ourselves wise. Now watch what I'm saying here. I tested all this with wisdom and I said, I will be wise, but it was far from me. What has been is remote and exceedingly mysterious. Who can discover it? Now what he's saying is this. You just can't wake up one night one day and say, I'm going to be wise today. That just, you know, and all of a sudden you're wise. Wisdom is, is that process that comes from the heart of God. He said, you can't even understand yourself. Now there are people say, you know, if that person just could understand me, well, that's not possible. He, you, he can't understand you. You can't understand yourself. Now watch this. I think sometimes the most detrimental exercise that we get into is all this self-analysis we do. Trying to analyze why I said that, why I did that, and you know, worrying ourselves to death about why we did this and why we said that. We, we'll never know, perhaps, because we can't even understand ourselves. And insight helps us to understand that we cannot understand ourselves, and so we accept ourselves as we are. Insight. And the second insight is found in verse 25 through 28. And I just have time to read it, but I want you to write this down, that intimate relationships are compelling, but they're often unfulfilling. The insight to understand that intimate relationships are compelling, but they're oftentimes unfulfilling. Now, now, ladies, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, don't blame me for these next, pa this next passage. Just, I'm just reading it. I'm just telling it like it is. I directed my mind to know and to investigate and to seek wisdom and an explanation and to know the evil of folly and the foolishness of madness. And I discovered more bitter than death the woman whose heart is snares and nets, whose hands are chains, one who is pleasing to God will escape from her, but the sinner will be captured by her. It's obvious that Solomon felt he had been seduced. Behold, I have discovered this, says the preacher, adding one thing to another to find an explanation. While I am seeking but have not found, which I am seeking but have not found, I have found one man among a thousand, but I have not found a woman among all these. Now Solomon had a thousand wives, a thousand women that were at his disposal. What he's saying is this, I have not found a woman that I can trust. Now that probably says more about the man than about the woman. But what it says is this, now watch this carefully, that even though these intimate relationships are compelling and we're oftentimes seduced by them, by a desire for intimacy. I just finished reading a book. I recommend it to everybody. It's a book by George MacDonald entitled Rebuilding Your Broken World. Now, George MacDonald wrote two books. Well, some of you are familiar with uh, Ordering Your Private World. 
and, and in the process of his Christian pilgrimage, this brilliant man had an affair with a woman. Does that sound familiar? This religious leader? Probably one of the greatest writers in contemporary religious literature. And, and he's written this book, just finished reading over the weekend, Rebuilding Your Broken World. And he talks about this, that there is in all of us this desire for intimate relationships, but oftentimes those intimate relationships are unfulfilling. And wisdom gives you the insight as to what relationship, what is a meaningful relationship, and how to establish and develop that meaningful relationship. Now fill in the blanks. Balance. Balance is wisdom guarding you from the extremes. Balance is wisdom guarding you from the extremes, for extremes are poor illustrations of Christianity. I must say that again. Extreme piosity, extreme um, freedom and license, these are poor illustrations of Christianity. There's a balance that's beautiful. I'll try to maintain that. I like a staff, you know, that's down to earth, and we all are. We like it, don't we, Kevin? And Phyllis and Lee. It's one good thing about this and Mark, this, good, this staff. We, we, we're human. God knows we're that. Balance is the, is the guarding against extremes. Second, regarding strength. It is the Spirit of God that keeps you. For, for the vehicle of Christianity is the Spirit of God. It is the Spirit of God that keeps you. That you get God in the center of life. And the insight is the result of that. He's dragging himself tired and worn out. Oh, great. He wanted a little time to rest. Picture of a house. And so he, he got out his scissors. I got a great game, he said. He got out his scissors together. A little puzzle, a little game to go put that house together. And he came back in about five minutes, you know, and had that thing all put together, you know. is understanding that you get his face. You get him in the center of life. And everything else fits in. All relationships, all understanding about yourself and, and all the, the, the things that, that you need to do about yourself, all that just fits into place. That's what insight is. Let's pray again. Father, I thank you that the practical ways of the Christian life, you give us insight that gives balance and strength and wisdom. Insight. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to get you in the center of our life. Because I ask in Jesus' name, pray it for his sake. I wonder if there's someone tonight who would like to make a public decision, perhaps to rededicate your life or to join the church, maybe to come for the first time and Receive Christ as your personal Savior. We want to give you that opportunity while we stand to sing. We invite you to come.